I was trying to remember, did, did you uh, have the family, the chapel last year, or were you just here at night in, in the morning? Well, then some of you that were here last year remember Dave Clark. And uh, it's, it's just wonderful to welcome him back uh, on the campus. Uh, last night he did a, a wonderful job ministering to our students, just a wonderful spirit. And uh, Dave is a, is a special, special uh, man of God that God is using in a, in a most unique way. And he'll be sharing a lot of that with you today. The songs that, that God has given him uh, that have been performed around the world. And um, I, I know he probably won't say this, but I think I heard him say yesterday, Alan, that uh, the most recent song that he has written is his 25th number one song in gospel music. And uh, uh, some of my wife's and my favorite songs he has written. And, and so it's just good to have him here. Now you know he is a student at Nazarene Bible College. And uh, he, he, I think he stayed up pretty late last night doing homework and got up early to do homework this morning. And so he did not get a pass. Would you welcome Dave Clark? No, there's no such thing as a pass. It doesn't matter. Uh, I, I could be on staff here and I'd still have to go on home, home and do homework at night. But uh, it's so good to be here. And, so many friends and uh, share my heart for the next half hour or so and um, see where uh, see where God takes his service you are creator and I am the work of your hands Lord you are faithful you've proven again and again You are king of a life that's made worthy of you. All that I am and all that I do. You are greater than all of the sky and sea. Mountains bow down to your majesty. The sun and the moon and the air that I breathe. But greater than all of these. How great is your love. I am the work of your hands. Lord, you are faithful, you've proven again and again. You are king of a life that's made worthy in you. All that I am and all that I do. You are greater than all of the sky and the sea. sun and the moon and the air that I breathe, but greater than all of these, how great is your love for me. You 
it, sing it with me. everything I tell you what I don't know how you could ever forget just how good our Creator has been when you get to sit and look out a window like this I, I think um, I've told my kids about it the most the day in my life the one day when I think I felt more patriotic to be an American to be a child of God just one of those days when it just crawled you know how you have those days the Spear family I traveled with for five years, and every year they would get to come and do a chapel at NBC. And I remember the day so well. We, the bus was parked out. I, it was the day Ronald Reagan was inaugurated for the first time. And if you remember, uh, some of you are old enough to remember that, that during the inauguration, as soon as he took the oath of office, the planes left Tehran with our hostages. And I sat out on the bus in the parking lot, and I watched the end of his speech. We'd just come from a chapel service where God was all over the room. And I sat there, and I just thought, Lord, you have been so good to me. And all these years later, I come back, and I'm still just as thankful to be a child of God. I'm still as in awe of his creation as I ever was. And it's neat to come back here now as one of you. I, I got out of the car yesterday, and I, I kind of walked across the campus, and I just felt like, you know what? This is, this is my people. I'm, I'm here with family, and, and I went in, and I went in the first office, and uh, I had an appointment with um, Dr. Self, my advisor. And I went in, and I asked where Dr. Self was. And they said, oh, well, he's in the online program. You have to go to that building and ring a secret doorbell, and somebody will come and lead you to the bunker. And um, I went down in, in, the, in the little room, and we sat there in front of the computer screen, and, um, and I got depressed. <laughs> you know what? We, uh, I have made so many friends here. and In fact, even, you know, things, even when I'm not here, I'm thinking about you people. When I heard about all the economic problems, you know, hitting the United States and the world, and they're talking about, no, what we need is a stimulus. And I said, no, 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 no. What they need is Jan Edwards. <laughs> she, 
she did not ask me for any money. Last year when I was here, I did a morning chapel. I went back to the room in the afternoon, and there was an email from her saying my tuition was due. It, uh, the lady is relentless. I just want you to know that. But you know what? It, it has become family to me. And, uh, and I'm, I'm learning a lot. I told somebody this week, I'm a young theologian trapped in an old man's body. I'm not sure. Uh, we looked at the end game, and we said, how long are we going to be here? And, and Dr. Self... Um, um, told me that we're going to be here a while, so you know what, we, we're, going to, we're going to get to know each other pretty well before the game's over. And Dr. Russum, one of the first pastors uh, I ever met years ago, uh, met with the Spear family, and one of the first pastors that when I left them, he said, I don't even know what you do, but I believe in your ministry, and will you come? Went to his church in Oklahoma, and been to his church in San Diego, and and God has just blessed that relationship through the years. And it's neat to, to be with people like the Graves who believed in me and Dr. Fairbanks who's been a wonderful friend for a long, long time. I, uh, they told you that, um, that I'm a writer. A lot of the songs that I do are things that, that God has blessed us with. He told you about the number ones. You know what? That's, all that means is that God has let me write for some pretty amazing singers through the years. It's not that I'm that smart or that good or that talented. But God has just blessed me to put me in the paths of people that were building the kingdom on a pretty neat level. Uh, the song that I did, of, of all the neat uh, radio things, the, um, the song that um, I did this morning to open up was part of something that was the greatest honor that I've ever had, and that was to get to write the music for our denomination, for our centennial celebration and that was one of the songs from that package and I, I remember that day knowing that all over the world we were celebrating as people of one faith one doctrine uh, a lot of the churches even spoke from one text that day and I just so overwhelmed that God would give me a little piece of the story um, came in last night and we did the service and, and you have a saint here named Vic who works in the back at the, at the board, and, and he was following me last night, places I didn't even know where I was going to go. He just, he just kind of hung with me. And uh, Can I do a song I have never sung before? Is that all right? See, Vic's back there ready to hit play, and we don't know where we're going right now. Came in this morning, and, and I guess it's been on my mind since yesterday's meeting with Dr. Self. I, I came in and... Uh, I left thinking about what it would be like to get to walk through this campus in a graduation ceremony. At my age, they may have to wheel me through. Um, I was a little concerned. I know I'm an older student, and I know I'm kind of new at it. I was a little concerned when they told me when I first registered that I was eligible for senior president as a freshman. That, that kind of made me nervous. And they didn't ask me what my seminary plans were, but they did ask if I had cemetery plans. Um, where am I going with this? I'm not sure. I, 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 I left there and I began to think about what, what I would feel like. And it reminded me of a song that we wrote years ago that I have never sung anywhere for anybody. And I still couldn't get it off my mind this morning. And I came in and asked Vic if we could go to the internet and print out the lyrics. And so we, we did. It's, it's tough when you get old, so old that you don't remember the words that you wrote. And then this tougher reality is even when you print them out, <laughs> you got to put glasses on to read them. Um, so you're wondering what this song is. That uh, One of the few times in my life anybody thought I was smart. Um, I don't think I've ever shared this story. but uh, 
sometimes you write you you write a verse and then 10 years later you get to finish the song sometimes it all happens start to finish in an hour and I, I was in a room with Sean Craig, the singer from Phillips, Craig and Dean, and, and he said, Dave, I've got this, this idea, and I've got this picture of a, a man, and, he, and he's lived a whole life on an island, and there's a wall all the way around the island, and I thought about Cuba, you know, you, your mind, that's where you... He said, one day he gets up, and he goes to the edge of the water, and the wall is torn down. And he said, I just picture him just standing there and saying, so this is how it feels to be free. He said, I just don't know how to start that. How do I get into that? And I said, well, Sean, what about this? There's a wall that has been standing since the day that Adam fell. Sin is why it started. Sin is why it held. Speaking as a prisoner who was there but lived to tell, I remember how it felt. And he looked at me, and it was the only time in my life somebody thought I was brilliant. And I just kind of let it lay there for a minute, and then I told him I had written that verse 10 years earlier, but didn't know how to finish it, so... This is how it feels to be free. I'll, I'll know that feeling one day, I promise. <laughs> you know what, we've been real blessed. I told you to get to write with a, a lot of neat artists through the years. And uh, a few years back, I asked a good friend of mine, some of you know Craig Adams, a good Nazarene musician from Nashville. I said, Craig, would you just go through this list of songs that, that God's blessed us with and put together a little medley of... Um, what you think songs that people might know. People, a lot of times when you go out, people want to hear, I, want, I know you wrote this, will you sing that? Such a, such a strange way, isn't it? God chose to, to save the world. If I had time this morning, I would take you a little bit through the journey of where God has led me through to lead me to this point. My wife, Cindy, grew up in a Nazarene parsonage and uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll celebrate our 27th wedding anniversary. Her father's a retired pastor. Her brother's retired. Her brother is a pastor. He needs to retire, but uh, it's another story. My wife said that when she was a student at Trevecca, she, she made a vow that she would not date anyone in the ministry program. <laughs> and all God's preachers said, Amen. She said, I was going to only date the furthest thing in the world I could find from a preacher. So, I should be offended on some level that she married a Christian songwriter, but uh, uh, so so I've been kind of easing her into this ministry thing. You know, I'm I'm, I'm I've taken the slow road and, and and taking these theology classes, and, and I tell you what, I'm just learning things. I'm connecting dots that that it it doesn't change the story that's always been there. It just get, lets me enjoy more of it. And, and you know what, uh, Dr. Self, when we were talking yesterday, I said, you know, I told him that I'd got to do some pulpit supply on the district. And, um, and as only he can do, he looked at me and he raised one of the eyebrows and he said, so you're already preaching some? <laughs> and I, I said, yes, sir, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try not to do any damage to your, your name. But, uh, but you know, you, there, in the classes that I'm in, and every, every six weeks somebody posts, you know, we have to post our bio and, and tell what we do. And, and it's just neat reading all the stories and people that have come to this, this late in life like I have. And, uh, and then you have the others who are 18 and 19 that um, are learning the theology too. And, and I think if there's an advantage to my age taken on this, it's that um, I'm never going to be smart enough to preach over anybody's head. 
much like my writing. And, and you know what? God can use that. And God's, God has, has used these gifts that he's given me all these years. And yet, I'm just convinced that I have not yet begun to see what God wants to do with this call. And so I'm relying on people like you. And, and I, so I come and I take these classes. And, and you know what? Young theologians, I will never be accused of being, I told you. I mean, young theologians, they take, they, take the, uh, they take the simple truths of the Bible and they say, how smart can I sound when I say them? For example, um, when, when Jesus said, um, Peter, who, who do they say that I am? And, and he said, well, some say that, you know, you're one of the prophets returned from the dead, and Elijah or some of the other prophets. And he said, well, who do you say that I am? And if, if Peter had been one of the young theologians studying, he might have answered, um, thou art the Logos, existing in the Father as his rationality, and then by an act of his will being generated in consideration the various functions by which God is related to his people, but only in the condition that <laughs> you, you get the point you don't think I know it all do you I memorized that just for this service alright thou art the logos existing in the father as his rationality and then by an act of his will being generated in consideration of the various functions by which God is related to his creation but only in the fact that scripture speaks of a father and a son and a holy spirit each member of the trinity being separate with each of the other members and each acting inseparably with and interpenetrating each of the other members with only an economic subordination within God causing no division which would make the substance no longer simple and Jesus said, what? <laughs> All the way here this morning, I'm, I, I got that through in my mind and I knew I couldn't say it. How many of you are, are, have ever been on staff as a pastor or? Wow, good number. You know what? I, it's just us here, right? I, uh, I served for four years on staff as a worship leader. And um, there were um, it's a new technology. I'll never learn it. This guitar, once tuned, always tuned. Um, when, we're not recording this, right? Is that right? Once, uh, once you invite a songwriter into your church, you, you got to know they're thinking things that they're not saying. And, um, and much the same when I was on staff, there were things I was writing that I couldn't share with anyone until today. Now, I wouldn't say... A, you know, there are some former district superintendents in the room who will remain nameless. I wouldn't say a district superintendent would lie when they call a pastor. But some of the pastors do the same thing when they call part-time staff. They don't really lie, but uh, there are things they just didn't tell us. True, true story. I can think of it. I don't know why I'm doing this here, but... Uh, 
my mother would be so proud. I drove out to the hospital, parked my car and went inside to pay a visit on someone who gives a lot of tithe. Oh, you would never do that, I know. We had some conversation, then just before I turned to leave, he insisted there was something that I really had to see. Incisions, incisions. Folks just can't wait to show me what the doctor's done to them. Incisions, incisions. Tell me how am I to minister to them the same again? what to say will someone please explain it why folks feel the need to share why pride goes out the window as the gown goes in the air there's things I just don't need to see and explanations fine I don't want to count your stitches or look at your behind. <laughs> oh, we're laughing now. Incisions. Incisions. I've got images of scars forever etched across my brain. Incisions. Incisions. Hey, nurse, I need the sedative because I'm the one in pain. <laughs> Absolutely true story. I said, yes, sir, that's a beauty. But can you tell me why it is? You can be so shy on Sunday, now you're showing me all this. They say it's part of ministry, but something's just not right. It's them that had the surgery, and me that's scarred for life. In sin. It's true. I found out the hard way and nobody warned me. <laughs> where were we? I, I don't know where we were. I left the Spear family. We, we traveled with them for five years and try to give you the real short version of it. But um, we were on the Iowa Nazarene camp meeting. Some of you have been on that, that platform. That night, for some reason, the congregation sang, I'd rather have Jesus, which is a great old hymn, but that night they sang the verse that nobody ever hears. And I was struggling. God was, I was traveling with some of the, the best musicians and strongest believers, and they lived what they sang. And, and it, was, it was just, for a kid growing up in the Nazarene church, that was, should have been as good as you could ask. But God was wrestling with me. That night they sang, I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful than his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. And I was right smack in the middle of an industry where the only way we had to gauge our success was by men's applause. 
I went two weeks later and I resigned from a job that I loved with people that had become family. And I, it was a time in my life, if I had time to tell you about the throat disease that I was dealing with at the time, that God has miraculously healed now. But it was a time when we were battling all that and everything said, don't, don't uproot, don't change your life right now. And yet God called me to write songs. I went and talked to Brock and I, I gave him my resignation. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I have no idea, but God called me to write and I've got to pursue it. God began to bless the writing, and on the weekends I was going out, and I was, I was speaking and singing to churches and just saying, you know what, I'm not a great singer, but it's not about that. There's a place for each and, of, each and every one of us to serve in the building of his kingdom. And he'll take whatever your gifts and your weaknesses, and he'll make them perfect. And God honored that and blessed that ministry, and I, I never doubted it. And it was about six years ago, God began to wrestle with me again, and I called the office, the lady that booked all the services, and I, I said, I want you to cancel everything from Christmas on. This was August. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I think I'm going to a church. And she began to laugh and said, as what? <laughs> I said, I don't know. But God said, God said, get ready. And I said, the only thing I'd ask you, I don't want you to tell anybody. If this is God, we'll know. So the office and my wife were the only people that knew. We went, canceled everything, and it got to be the middle of November. The phone rang one day at the house. The pastor I didn't know said, I'm new in town. I don't know anything about you. I know this sounds strange. He didn't know I was a writer. He didn't know. He said, God, put your name in my heart. We need a minister of music. He said, I got to tell you, we don't have any money. We don't have any budget. We've been through a lot of hurt. And the more he talked, I, I was crying. I, I said, I've been waiting five months for you to call. We went into that church, and, and I told the choir, I don't even know how to read music. But I understand if you can feel it here and get it to there, God can use it. And over the next four years, that choir became one of the best choirs I ever heard. And it wasn't me. Once again, God put me in a place where all I had to do was be faithful to follow. They became the most reckless worshiping choir I've ever heard in my life. And sometimes I was just waving my arms and crying, but I got to hear them from the best seat in the house. God began to wrestle again, and he said, I want you to go to school. And here I am. And I don't know what the next decade holds, but the God that I have trusted all these years has been faithful to open the doors right ahead of me, and all I have to do is walk. And I didn't plan on sharing that with you this morning, but I got to tell you, you people sitting in front of your computers, you are changing the kingdom of God through people like me who are taking these classes. And my prayer this morning is that God will remind you daily the investment that you're making in the life of believers. We didn't get here by accident. Dear Lord, I just I want to come before you right now, Lord. And you've called us to be a kingdom of priests. And Lord, right now I feel so unworthy and so inadequate for this place of kingdom building that you've called me to. But Lord, I believe with all my heart you put me in this spot in this hour 
to remind somebody, Lord, that what they do every day is kingdom business. Lord, I pray that you'll, you'll just bless this campus with an anointing and that, that revival will break out among the staff and among the students. Lord, we can change the world with what you're doing on this mountain. Lord, I pray that you'll give fresh vision to Dr. Graves. Lord, you know his heart. Lord, I pray that you'll show each and every one of us what you have for us this hour. We ask it in your blessed, blessed name.